and welcome to Let's Talk Talking. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Sherry. And we want to take a few minutes at the beginning of this podcast to thank all of our listeners who have given us such great feedback, and especially to those of you in Saskatchewan who uh, gave us the feedback on the Star Phoenix article that ran on, I think it was June 28th, was the Tuesday, whatever day that was. Anyways, that it was nice to hear from everybody. Um, This week, we are going to talk about screening, and I know some people are pro-screening, and some people are anti-screening, and um, we're going to talk about it, but I'll warn you up front, we're both (laughs) (laughs) pro-screening! And that's how this ever came about, this topic, because I've always done screening when I've been in the school division, and when Cheryl and I worked together, we... You definitely did screening, and and we're we're uh, convinced that it was a necessary part of our model. But then she was telling me that it later in in the years when she was in a different um, setting than she was when we worked together, uh, that they weren't allowed to do screening. And I'm like, well, how could you possibly operate? Yeah. It was difficult. So initially, yeah, we uh, when I went to a different school division, well, in fact, in several school divisions, I wasn't allowed to do screening, not just this one. But uh, initially, we weren't allowed to do screening, and then we sort of came up with a screening that was acceptable. And then we, uh, then later, it was, I don't know, seven, eight, ten years later, they told us we couldn't do screening anymore. So, And my first response to that is, and you know, again, the hierarchy of power, I guess, but who should tell a speech path that they can't do screening if that's what they decide is best practice? Like, well, why, how can you yeah. be vetoed, you know? And, well, and that that does, that, yeah. that again goes back to the credibility we have in the province. Yes, if, yeah. if you can't, if you're not listening sure. to your your experienced speech path who's saying, the best practice is to do screening and identify children who have problems. Yeah. Well, and of course, I'll just, uh, for those of you who are doing screening, you know, you may not be aware of this, but if you're not doing screening and you haven't done screening and you're in the school division, you would know that the kids that are being referred to you are basically random. Right, so you might have a grade four teacher who refers a child with an R issue, or you might have. Well, um, uh, I'll just go through some real, real examples. A student was referred. A grade seven or eight student was referred because the teacher felt that he had an accent and that he needed. Well, we we that was not a high priority, so we weren't dealing with accents at that point and that was something they were going to have to look at on their own when in actual fact he didn't have an accent he was stuttering so you know other other ones that I've had is this child can't say their s sound well yes because he doesn't say any sounds because he doesn't say any words because he's autistic so the the, (laughs) when you're getting referrals you're not they're just random. It's whatever that teacher's experience and motivation is for referring. That's who the students are that you get. So then you have to go and do an, a complete assessment and find out what's going on and you know come up with a plan. Whereas if you do screening, you have a really good concept of the whole class and in fact the whole school division to know where the needs are and 
where you're going to put your resources. And so the first question we asked ourselves was why? So why do we do screenings? And again, for those of you who are listening who don't have a speech path background, uh, it's just foundational for us, in all honesty. So if as a, as a professional in communication disorders, it is my job it to identify, and especially if I'm working in the school division, that would have been one of my first thoughts if I was designing a program is, I want to be able to identify any child or student for whom a communication disorder might affect them academically, socially, emotionally, um, you know, it used to be, we used to say call attention to itself or make the child feel uncomfortable. Um, and so it, it's just core in um, our needs. To me, the number one reason that you are trying to um, establish screening in a school division and have it be part of the model is that to me it is our responsibility to identify the children who have communication disorders or struggles and as we know, those things are absolutely going to affect academics. They're going to affect a child maybe emotionally. They're going to affect their um, social skills. So one of the other things in the school division that I worked with, the other use of screening was beyond that kindergarten year. So it's true that if, if you were able to get to all of the kindergarten students and had that comprehensive screening, the next year, Green should be green. The red should have been referred and be on a speech pass caseload. So you're dealing with that little yellow group. And so for us, that was children, say, in my um, instance, any child who didn't have complete um, uh, repertoire of speech sounds. So they didn't have their R. They didn't have their S maybe established, but they're kindergartners, right? Right. So you're waiting to just see if that's going to continue or... Or, um, you know, children who uh, in kindergarten were in any yellow RTI program, they, they, you know, were phono awareness or um, story retelling or any of those. If they um, didn't, um, you know, move through and didn't pass the screening again then in grade one, Mm -hmm. then they've done the 12 to a 16-week program, they're not going into another yellow program. They're getting referred. Right. And so that's going back and, and checking. Yeah. And, of course, over the summer, um, making sure that you don't do the post-test in June and then, but you know how it is, if it wasn't permanent learning, in the fall, they they really right. need the support still. And yeah. the only reason that they maintained was because they were in a supportive program. And so that was the other use of screening in our school division. And... Even um, in the later years when I was doing some contract work, we used um, screening tools in upper grades to identify children that we were um, trying to determine if they had um, language uh, deficits that Mm -hmm. um, were uh, affecting their reading skills. Right. And so it was a really good use of a screening tool. And I went in and uh, did uh, the language, the reading and the phonological awareness screeners. And then I could tell the entire grade five class, mm-hmm. here are your eight kids or whatever. And yeah. and again, there it's just the screener, just identifying. And then right. the, the um, division could decide, well, what are you going to do about intervention for these kids? Right. That's good. Good point. I've never been able to 
screen any upper grades. We did at one time uh, in the one division that I worked in screen pre-K and I, I really loved screening the pre-Ks because again if you can get those red kids you can, if, say you have two years you can work with them and then by the time they get to kindergarten maybe they are yellow and they just need a little bit more work or you know maybe they're still red but they're less red you know they're almost on the cusp of getting some of the things that they need and you have that kindergarten year and then they're ready for grade one because our goal like our stated goal as a speech path department was you know every child ready to learn by grade one and so um, I just can't figure out how else you could meet a goal like that unless you had a screening yeah yeah because again we've talked about DLD, the invisibleness of yes. determining. Even you and I, without that screener, Absolutely. we can't go and just watch and yeah. kids playing and things. Yeah. You'd, you'd need many, many, many hours. And that's when you have a tool that can just identify in for you in, in a standardized way yes. in comparison to their yeah. peers, you know, that's definitely the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um. One of the things you and I talked about is, and would underscore, is screenings are not assessments. No. And they should be used to, you know, determine whether a program has had outcomes, in my opinion. You know, again, you need to have a pre and a post. And you talked about that being, yeah. well, maybe globally, but not... Yeah, I feel like it, I don't feel the screening on an individual student level is anywhere near a pre and post test. I mean, you need an actual standardized assessment for that. But I do feel like on a global level, if you're looking at classrooms or schools or division-wide, I think you can look at all the kindergarten students and go, well, at one point, 50% of them could not pass the screening. And then by the end of the year, whatever interventions were available in the school division, now 35% can... Uh, are, are only 35% are not passing, which is still not acceptable. <laughs> That's not an acceptable level, um, but it's better. And so I think you can you can use it on a, a on a larger scale. That's that's my opinion. And as I say, we I mean we've come so, from such different um, uh, standards, and and so again I don't. That's where we would love to hear some feedback from speech paths that are out there and, and working and, yeah. and see what's being offered. But I, we had the luxury that after we had screened, let's say a child was uh, yellow in phonological awareness, we were doing an RTI program, a 12 to 16 week program, and we had a pre and post, a different pre and post Which marker. Which you would need, yeah, for sure. For that. And yeah, so yeah. again, we could go, you know, that yeah. program started off with 15 children. Yeah. You know. And I've said this before, and I would really, really love to hear from the rest of the province because I don't know of another school division that is using response to intervention in the way that it was designed. Like, that, that is real response to intervention. You find those kids in the middle 
that are not passing but they're not failing the screening they're just in the middle and they just need a boost and you're giving them that short burst of intervention to see if it will be sufficient and maybe we can do that on another podcast because we in kindergarten we had four modules and oh and yeah that i think our listeners would love yeah, to hear just, about just, that yeah, yeah see what yeah. other people are doing and have that yeah that sharing yeah, yeah. And because maybe then by then some some of you out there will have contacted us to let us know what what you're doing and if you have any of those yellow rti programs going well and and what what are your successes and what's yeah. really working and and again even around screening you know what would you say about screening but um then we talked about um the uh when uh, sorry i'm rambling here but <laughs> talking about when these screenings should occur and you just mentioned it if you could do it and we're involved in preschool of course we <laughs> would do preschool any oh yeah because all the yeah. at-risk preschools i think yeah. do have speech and language services in our in the area i worked in but um so if they had a standardized sort of mm-hmm. um, screening that they did and then the kindergarten screened mm-hmm. oh, again sure. and then Absolutely. anybody who's yellow then is yeah. screened again yeah <laughs> And so any beginning of the school year and to get it up and running and identify kids and get them into programming as soon as possible. And, you know, I, th- I think I've said this to you before. When we were screening, the the nice thing was, was okay, so now I'm getting a referral on a child in grade 5. If it was a student who had been in our school division in kindergarten, I could look back at their kindergarten screen and see why had they never been seen like what was going on everything and, was green and, and yeah, yeah everything so they, was green so and at that age yeah, there were no and and but there was maybe a note couldn't say there are or whatever and it's like that was not enough to put them into therapy that was not enough to put them in our school division in the red zone so uh, i'm thinking to myself okay I have a good, unless this child has suffered a head injury in the interim, I have a good sense that his language is probably fine, right? So I know when I get the referral and I'm planning for the assessment, maybe I'm just going to do an observation first or talk with the teacher a little bit more first because maybe, you know, it's just nice to have that little background piece of like, what is going on here? Well, and I think, think of all the work you're talking about and, and yes. all the time and and what I would and what I was able to do with the, with the situation that I was in for many years was any child who in kindergarten when I did the screening did not have every sound achieved and in their repertoire they were yellow and so mm-hmm. in grade one mm-hmm. I'm screening them and oh, you're if, screening them again in grade one yeah, yeah there you go. and and again that's when they would yeah. get a referral. Yes, you're right. Yeah. 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 So, so again, so simple yeah. compared to you know, the, the time. Waiting, waiting for the child to fail. And, yes, and the time that it takes. You know, some of the screeners that um, the, the province has tried to put in place for pre-K and kindergarten kids have been so elaborate and so time-consuming and so not standardized. And so, and, you know, I just think... A teacher does not have an hour and a half twi- for every student twice a year to do an observational screening. And an hour and a half is not a screening. That's an as- assessment. And and there again, we just talked about how could we help teachers. And 
teachers don't need to be doing the screen. If, if yeah. for example, on the case seals, though that, uh, and we'll talk about the case seals in a minute, but but a standardized screener, it had that little standardized aspect that picked up that little reading uh, aspect at a child, and yeah. it was so reliable yeah. and, it and very it valid, and it, yeah. it definitely. I think we thought it didn't over-identify and didn't under-identify, right. but right. Oh, and just going back a little bit, the other group that um, we would want to screen would be any child who um, is new to the school, like in an elementary school. And yeah. as you say, mm -hmm. that little child that's come from some other um, place that maybe did get missed and, you know, doesn't or they didn't have didn't a screener have, or the screener uh, didn't come with their cum file has, or whatever. Has a lisp or, or yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or uh, you know, doesn't seem to be uh, reading or whatever it would be. Yeah. And so who should be doing screens? Oh. <laughs> I, I, I have to say I 100% want to do the screen myself. And, and myself also. I, again, I think the time is just so valuable. I, I can't, it is, I don't know why SpeechPass would want to give it up. No, I would, I would never give that up to somebody else. I want to lay eyes on those kids. I want to do the screen, but also make my own little notes. Like, this child is urgent, and I need to talk to the teacher right away about getting a referral started, you know, or... And that experience that, that you have of the nuances of, yes. of behavior or yes. whatever, and, and uh, you know, we've talked about the yeah. one diagnosis of being on the... Uh, autism spectrum yeah sometimes that's not obvious they're just no. quirky yeah and yet yeah. with your experience you would be able to go mm, oh, I'm pretty yeah uh, I need to go down this road right yeah. right because there are um, some kids who are red or yellow or green but there is something else that's going on and you need to it needs to be addressed and even things like stuttering we don't have a screener for that. That's not because it's so, it's not so prevalent. But I mean, we're looking for it and we're picking it up. And I feel like somebody else may not notice it or, or think to say, you know, yes, they're green, but there's this is going on. So. And I had a lot of great experience with using a speech and language assistant in a supportive way in this screening yeah, did, process. Yeah. So an example was she would run and get all the kids for me back and forth. And I yes. always gave out a token uh, reward. Right. And she, so she would have the little rewards outside and she would yeah. take the time while they spent half an yes. hour trying to find out what they wanted. So yeah, <laughs> so she's the one taking the time to, to take them back and forth. And, and we were a well-oiled machine. We could You zoom. could get through a class oh, yeah. really oh, yeah. quickly. Yeah. And, yeah. and the other part that she did uh, with me was um, the documentation part. She, yes. uh, like for hearing screenings or whatever, she would, um, you know, paste the temps onto the, the protocol sheet. And, yeah. and she would... Um, also, if I needed her to, she would, um, you know, yeah. do the lists of kids for me and, right. and the, which ones. Um, right, organize your list and check with the teacher who's absent today and all that stuff. Yeah, that and find them in done. gym and stay. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very efficient. And I think, again, finding those systems and that's, to me, where you're heading to your best practice and as much excellence as you can uh, give to that's the school. Great. So I think uh, your school division's screening was a lot broader and had a lot more um, different areas than the one that I was in. We just had um, uh, 
phonology articulation section and language comprehension and language expression so that was more compact um, and then the rest would have been observational but I think you had a, a, a bigger well again you and I had the opportunity years and years ago to use the Kaufman um, right. survey of early language what it was early uh, academic skills and language. language I think so yeah language skills yeah and so it was the case seals yeah, seals yeah and i i probably used that for 20 years or well the whole time that i was really in the school division and and uh, the reliability and validity of that screener and the quickness. is like it, it just it's so, so, so efficient fast. it's yeah. totally efficient yeah. and it has then um, as its core speech sounds mm -hmm. um, language academics and um, it, it really um, had both both receptive and expressive language in that language component and it's standardized right, right. and that to me yeah. we should be using a standardized tool yeah absolutely you can use a criterion reference tool and, and I think for the part that was missing um, that was the best we could find was a criterion reference. Uh, we took it from the self, mm -hmm. and it was the phonological awareness component. So we screened those areas. Um, yeah, we didn't completely. Have a, uh, yeah, we didn't have a phonological awareness section, which would. How have been could you not have a phonological? <laughs> no, <awareness>? I know. <laughs> well, yeah, it was. It's not that we didn't want. Well, to. it's developmental, <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, yeah. I didn't use phono awareness. We, yeah. But how yeah. long has phono awareness been around? Yeah. Back in the day, it was Back in the day. auditory discrimination. You had yeah, the two right. fists and you yeah. it, the k and the yeah. oh yeah, Back good, in the which day. is the yeah. which is a noisy brother. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, a lot more sophisticated and yeah. extremely valuable with regards mm. to um, um, knowing again pre-reading. Right. skills but right. also auditory processing for language processing yes and yeah, uh, whether sure. whether that's the level children are having difficulties right with one of the really promising um, research areas is that um, the ability to um, repeat back uh, sentences or utterances of increasing phonological complexity okay is has is an it? absolute correlation to okay. Um, language wow yeah that's exciting it's some of the new newer yeah. um, articles that i've been reading and oh. and talking they're talking about that as such a simple uh, yeah identifier. that would be simple yeah mm -hmm. that would be great so how uh, long did your screenings take like to administer there again from the beginning to the end for the for the case seals is probably on the outside 15 minutes mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and Again, the efficiency of having a speech and language assistant who, right. who did the running was, was right. wonderful. Yeah. The other areas that um, we definitely uh, screened was in the um, hearing. Hear, hearing, you did hearing. And, and yeah. that became more, more sophisticated as time went on. We started mm -hmm. off with the audiometers and we didn't have access to them. <laughs> then, yeah. And so we really didn't screen, but... Right. Um, and then when we um, had the old, old, old audiometers, we would use them once in a while to see if we thought a child had problems. But, you know, it's so essential. And now, yes. so simple. Uh, so simple now, isn't Tim it? Tympanometry and, and OAEs together, together are yeah. the 
uh, the best practice. And we yeah. can talk. We were going to have a, an audiologist yes, friend. Yes, we're excited. We're going to have our yeah. audiologist on. Yeah, so she can yeah. give us more insight yeah. as to yeah. what is best practice there now and keep us up to date. Yeah. But again, um, critical information. Again, mm-hmm. on almost... Ethically, you shouldn't really even be doing assessments with any uh, any yeah any child, and no right. school Absolutely. should be doing any types of assessments if they don't know whether the child hears well or not, right? Or exactly. accurately. So yeah. So that was uh, and those again, I would say not even ten minutes. No, no, not yeah. even ten minutes. And then um, we also had uh, a battery of checklists in our school division that helped us again, gather information that would help sort of drive which direction a child should be going with regards to, um, you know, further assessment or observation by other professionals in the school division. And that was um, areas like um, attention deficit disorder. Mm-hmm. We had vision checklists for oh, par- wow. parents and, and uh, teachers. Um, there was there were checklists around... Uh, Processing disorder, the occupational therapist had uh, helped facilitate that. Um, in writing, in emotional regulation, um, looking towards whether a child might be on the autism spectrum, uh, fine and gross motor screenings for kids. and, and That's a full battery of screening. You must well, have known everything about these kids. Well, <laughs> there again, if just to direct you know exactly mm-hmm. what was happening um mm-hmm. and again i'm saying checklist so we, we've talked a little bit about whether you're doing this with the whole classroom or whether mm-hmm. you're doing this with targeted um, mm-hmm. um students that you have concerns about but we can talk about that another time too um and pragmatics you know so that yeah. teachers could look down uh, uh, and help us screen whether a child might be yeah um having difficulties in any of those areas and then pre-reading pre-writing yeah you know, there, there's a lot of those in with the self and and your documentation of all of the screening information was all available to everyone like how did that work well i'm not sure again because things differ so much but yeah we did have like uh, individual files for the the students we we had okay. the actual physical files <laughs> Okay. You know, yeah. and now that of course a lot of it's just e-filed, right? right. And and yeah. but um, where the protocols were kept that we had okay. used with screening, and that the the documentation of the tympanometry and that sort of mm-hmm. thing was was stored. Yeah. And then there was like a one sheet summary mm-hmm. on you know what the outcomes were of that screening, right. and that went into the child's uh, school cumulative folder, right? Uh, right. Record, yeah. And um, then some of it was being used, uh, and we talked about this, if that's your entry point for RTI, on those individual um, summaries, we would give an indicator. This child for speech sounds is green, for phonological awareness is yellow, for language is red, for mm-hmm. hearing is red. And so you yep. could just at a quick glance look and see what needs this child has. And yeah, 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 and that drives our plan to to right, what right. Uh, needs and to happen next. Yeah, yeah. So ours was very similar. It sounds like like the teacher, the classroom teacher, would get a sheet that showed the different areas for each child, and and uh, 
who might be needing an assessment and who... As a summary of the whole class? Or, or they got an individual copy of that child's individual? No, they didn't get an individual so you, copy. So the so next... They had it, it was all on one sheet. sheet. Yeah. yeah, one sheet. So the child's name and, and where they were green and where they were red and, and what sort of another line of what else needs what else needs to be happened. So so if it's referred to SLP, refer to SLP. If it's referred to um, audiologist, refer to physician for hearing or whatever it happened to be. But yeah, and we didn't do hearing screenings unless the school requested it and those Boo! <laughs> no, I'm, just, Boo! I'm just kidding no we'll, 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 we do need to hope that that can get beefed up for because sure because we we needed the the manpower we needed the help of basically it was the ed support teacher had to sort of request it and they would ha have to help us run it because we couldn't possibly go and get you know all the kids to do and we were screening um k to five when we would do a school, we would awesome. do K to five, and same thing. Like the the classroom teacher would get a list of the kids who were like, okay, we're going to monitor this one, and then this one needs a recheck, and then this one needs a definite referral right away to the physician or whatever. So, yeah, um, but yeah, and then and then there was a whole database that the the division had access to, so that they could look at you know, school by school or class by class or the whole division of how they're doing, so. Yeah. And and there again, that's what we've talked about at the beginning is that needs assessment, that provincial needs mm -hmm. assessment. Who Who is gathering any data? Mm -hmm. Who Who is looking at the screenings and from the get-go going, these are yeah. the, con the collective concerns in the province. And, yeah. and again... Um, looking then what resources do we need to meet these needs right yeah so right. screening screening we do need screenings we love the screening well they're simple they're fast you get such a big bang for your buck they the have screening. to be fast and simple or else yes. again yeah. why not just go ahead and do an assessment yeah and it can't and, get too elaborate and those assessments take hours and and then it may turn out that the child needs uh intervention or it may not so why not do a screening ahead of time so you at least have a clue yeah, and, you know, and again, so then the assessments can be in the appropriate area, area and right. not just a huge, big assessment. You're not just fumbling around. Yeah, yeah exactly. So so our, our questions to throw out there would be... What is everybody else in Saskatchewan doing? Is, yeah. is anyone... Do you have a screening program? Is it standardized? What grades are you screening? We're just excited to hear Are from you pro you. Or, or con screening? Yeah, maybe you're against the screening. Maybe you're opposed. Like we want to know. And it, that's okay. I mean, we, we have strong opinions, and, and we. but I mean, good debate. That's what we're hoping to that's right. facilitate wanna, and good conversation. We want to open the discussion. So for, oh, before we leave, though, I wanted to remind people, if you don't like the sound of our voices, if they irritate the crap out of you, <laughs> just go to our blogs, because Sherry has written so many great blogs, and there's usually a blog that goes with each of our podcasts, so you can go and read further and read in depth, or, you know, if we're not making any sense whatsoever. <laughs> And she says, I've written the blogs, but she has to have some responsibility because she adds to them and she's monitoring them. So I, she, yeah, she's well, in the loop there. Yeah, I have a little small, small responsibility for the blogs, but Sherry's the writer in, in this, this duo, so.
And then there's the website. And yeah, so the website, and- yeah, so the website is letstalktalking.com, and you can get us on Facebook, and it's Let's Talk, all one word, and then talking. So it's like it's like our name is Let's Talk and then talking. So hopefully you can find us, and uh, we will talk to you again soon because we want to hear from you. So for Let's Talk Talking, I'm Cheryl. And I'm Sherry. Let's, Let's talk. talk.